Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Happy Friday to all of you. I don't know how happy of a Friday it is, though. Especially here at the Howie Car Radio Network. We've got a couple of sad faces today. News broke earlier this morning that the man, the myth, the roulette legend, the OnlyFans fanatic, the Botox bandit, George Santos, has officially been expelled from Congress. Everyone try to keep it together. Okay, the vote was 311 to 114. And again, I understand that he is far from perfect. And in fact, if you if you saw the memo that was put out by another conservative, Max Miller, who I, I believe is from Ohio, he explained how him and his mom were duped by Santos. And, you know, again, campaign, fraud, the misuse of money, things like that. And I'm not denying any of that. You will not catch me on this show trying to claim that George Santos is pure of heart. But I don't think, compared to anybody else in Congress, maybe there's a couple good eggs. But I think for the most part, the swamp is pretty bad. And I don't understand why this is all being directed towards George Santos. And furthermore, I will admit that his laundry list of misdeeds continues to grow, but you should convict him first. Otherwise, as he said on the stairs of the Capitol in that fiery press conference, you are setting a dangerous precedent and you will reap the whirlwind. He's, I think, the only the sixth person to ever be expelled from Congress. Yeah, and he's the only one that wasn't convicted and didn't commit treason. Yeah, so it is it, it is changing the game a little bit here. Yeah, and I, like you said, I mean, I I love him because he's entertaining and he's a caricature of Congress. Like, but yes, I understand why he was expelled, and and in a vacuum, I have no problem with that. However, we're not in a vacuum. Well, we're in the swamp. Like n- you now said. that he's gone, now that he's gone and it's over, I, I'm not. You're not going to catch me with like a, a free George Santos sign. No. Um, however, I do think it does show you this underlying issue republicans have which is like we always hold ourselves to this high standard and maybe that's our strength but maybe that's our weakness too because the democrats don't do that the democrats stick together and they know if they have the spot filled sure maybe they'll turn on someone if it's convenient if it works but if it doesn't work they stick together and yesterday aaron chadbourne i hope he's listening right now he listens to our show a lot he filled in for the first time after thanksgiving he fills in a lot on WGAN. He does the weekend show there as well. He texts me yesterday and he's like, I always wondered who this uh, George Santos con works on. Apparently it's you. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding, sir. It's not that I'm under the illusion that George Santos is like George Washington. I just don't 
think that Republicans should turn on each other unless we do some sort of swap. Unless the Democrats say, you know what, we cannot deal with this kind of deception and this kind of fraud in Congress. So we will get rid of one of our frauds if you get rid of one of yours. We will expel Jamal Bowman for pulling the fire alarm and obstructing a congressional hearing if you get rid of George Santos. And guess what? I'm always consider me part of the let's make a deal squad. I am all about a deal. I am all about a bargain. But this isn't a bargain. This is we lose one guy. For what? For decency? For decorum? He likes to play roulette and he's a bit of a con man. I'm not excusing it. But there's plenty of people on the Democrat side who do just as bad. So like show me a little bit of equality here as far as ditching our people. Ditching our side yeah it's just letting the democrats claim another scalp and another seat for for no reason yeah um and i you know he he's not on any committees he doesn't really do anything he's he's literally a seat filler vote why why was it necessary to do this and lose lose uh your lose part of your slim majority and also if he's guilty of sin convict him yeah convict him and then do this so let's just have a let's just have an order. there's an order to these things and i like the order to these things and i don't think now's the time to start moving around the goalposts because as we've seen before right now you want to use it against george santos but what's next it's a slippery slope. And okay. he's already said he wasn't running again. So you got one more year of a rubber stamp vote. Why, I don't know like, if I take his word for that, though, well, Jared. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. But again, I'd be curious which uh, the nine people that voted not to censure and expel Rashida Tlaib, how did they vote on George Santos? Oh, I think we because all know I the answer to that. I am curious about that. Yeah, so we will um, take your calls if you want to talk about George Santos. What's done is done. In the words of uh, Step Brothers, one of my favorite quotes, what's done is done. Are you going to invest or not? There's really no uh, point here in crying over spilled milk. I will say this. Another big thing last night. Uh, it wasn't a big thing on my schedule, but I have heard that a lot of people watched it. So far be it from me to uh, criticize people's teeth choices. People were tuned in. I'll be curious to see the ratings to the Governor Ron DeSantis versus Governor Gavin Newsom debate on Fox News hosted by Sean Hannity. I will say this. I've seen a lot of the clips of it. One of the criticisms I saw on Red State was that Sean Hannity ended up taking the mic a lot and kind of going toe-to-toe with Gavin Newsom himself. I'm not going to pretend to be surprised by that. I'm not shocked that Sean Hannity couldn't resist the chance to get a little extra airtime. That does not surprise me. But I guess overall it was a pretty good debate. Now, there's two moments, and if anyone disagrees with me and you want to call in, we take requests here. Okay, play Misty for me. If you want to call up and you say, hey, there was a really good part of it that you didn't that you didn't show yet, then you can do that. But the the two points that I saw that caught my eye, I would describe them as such the poop map and the father in law moment. Would you agree, Jared, that those are the top two? Yes. Those are the contenders. Out of of the six clips I've watched, those were two of the best. Yeah. Okay. so let me explain because you might be going the poop map. If you haven't heard about the poop map. I'm going to fill you in. Um, and now, to be fair, though, I would, I would before we even get into the cuts, a lot of people are trying to, like now Newsom's saying that the debate was rigged, which to me says he knows he lost. Because at first, you know, if, if everyone's saying on conservative Twitter, as Jen Psaki likes to call it, that Newsom lost, 
it doesn't mean he actually lost because the New York Times and all these people, they'll spin it however they want. But if he comes out and says, oh, it was rigged against me. Well, dude, you took the opportunity to go on the debate stage with Governor Ron DeSantis on Sean Hannity's show on Fox. Like, I hate to break it to you, but you kind of should have known what you were walking into. That would be like if Governor Ron DeSantis said, hey, I'll debate Gavin Newsom on CNN hosted by Jim Acosta. You kind of got to be ready for a little bit of a finger on the scale. But even with that being said, I thought after watching it, do I think it's going to change the the game as far as 2024 goes? Absolutely not. But I did think it made DeSantis look good. It, it helped him more than it hurt him, which if you've seen a lot of his campaign, and I don't mean to be overly critical here, but that is saying something because he has done things in the past that should have helped him that have hurt him. And for Newsom, I think it hurt him. And his only real retort against Governor Ron DeSantis was, you're, you're never going to be the nominee for 2024. And it's like, okay, well, if you feel that way, then why are you taking the time out of your day to debate him on Fox News? If you feel like he's such a loser and such a non... And I, I don't disagree that he's not going to be the nominee in 2024. But if the point you're trying to make is that he's such a non-starter and he's so not worth your time, then why don't you go take care of the hellhole that is your state that you're running into the ground? Like, do you really have an extra two and a half hours to spend given what's going on in your state? If this guy's such a loser, how come you have so much time to just hang around here with Sean Hannity and talk about different hair gels? Seems like you might have other priorities. If he's such a loser and this is your number one priority, that's a problem for you. Now let's get to the poop map. There was two things. Actually, you know what? We'll save the poop map for after. I, I want to start with the father-in-law story. So Governor Ron DeSantis is telling this story about how people like Florida and they're moving to Florida and they like it better than California. I, you could, I guess you could say it's anecdotal. The stats also match up with this. The U-Haul stats and all the other stats. The stats about the licenses, you know, the DMV in Florida, it's getting people from New York and California. All these states, these blue liberal states are having a mass exodus. And you could call it anecdotal, but I like this anecdote. I like this anecdote because it's very specific to Gavin Newsom. It hits close to home, you might say. Jared, can I have cut four, please? So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. That's tough. That's really And not even Gavin Newsom's Politico is describing his pearly whites and his genuine smile. Not even the genuine smile of the car salesman slash Lex Luthor villain-esque creature could distract away from that whopper. Like if I'm running a state, okay, if I'm the governor of Massachusetts and or no, if I'm the governor of California and my husband's parents leave and they go tell the governor of florida we had to get out of there we're so happy we're here it's so much better damn that is like if they're not being loyal to you if they can't suck it up i'm sure that i mean i'm sure they have tons of money i think they're both from a lot of money they can't suck it up they can't they can't deal with the destruction and the expensive way of life and the crime and the poop on the streets which we will get to 
if they can't deal with it and they've got skin in the game and they go to Florida and they go tell your arch nemesis that he's doing a bang up job, I don't I think that's that's it. That's tells you all you need to know, in my opinion. Now, to be fair, it's not just that Newsom was on Fox News, but also he's trying his best to defend the job he's done governing California. That's that's putting having to put shine on a real, real sneaker, like lipstick on a pig. And I don't think even the, the most brilliant spin masters in the media could do that. So in his defense, he definitely had an uphill battle. We have another cut we're going to get to. It involves the poop map. And we will talk about that. Also today, though... Poop. I have tons of stories to get to. I know it's Friday and we're going to keep it light, which you will see with our poll question, but we're going to have Turtle Boy on too. So we are going to get into some some really, really interesting, kind of scary stuff that's going on with Turtle Boy. I don't know if people caught uh, Turtle Boy on with Howie earlier this week, um, but if you didn't, you should check out that podcast first because it's going to give you a couple of the basics before we get into more of the details later today in the two o'clock. Really excited about that. Anyone who's been following this Karen Reed case, I talked to Emma and she said people used to be holding up the free Karen Reed. Now everybody's holding up the free Turtle Boy signs at the intersections. So we're going to talk to the man himself, the turtle, the turtle himself in the two o'clock. If you've tried the Thunderstorm air purifier from Eden Pure, you know how well it works. If you bought one before or you want to try one for the first time, I'm really speaking to the people, the people who bought one before, I don't need to convince you because you know how well this works. You're going to get the three pack. I want to talk to the people who want to try this for the first time because I notice that with the Thunderstorm, we get a lot of people who really, really want to try it, but they keep asking us like off the air, does it really work? Do you really like it? And I'm like, yeah, it really works, and I really like it. Jared really likes it. Aaron Chadbourne, who was filling in, really likes it. It's one of those things that once you have it in your house, people are going to start asking you about it, and they're going to want one as well, which is another great reason to get the three-pack. Yeah, you, you're going to have people over this holiday. You want to make the house smell great, Christmas cookies, food, all that stuff, but you don't want any of that stuff to hang around. You don't want any nasty Odors that you've gone nose blind to if you have a pet, if you if you have a kid, you have to change diapers. It can happen. So you want the thunderstorm because the thunderstorm purifies the air. It doesn't cover things up. It actually gets rid of odors the same way you can get rid of allergens and pollutants. And all you have to do is plug it in. You just plug it in to a regular wall outlet. You turn it on, and within minutes, all those bad smells are gone, and everything smells fresh. Actually, it smells like nothing because there's an absence of smell. Yeah, and one of the great things about plugging it in is it, it plugs right into the wall. It doesn't take up any floor space. It's not a huge product. I know a lot of people are trying to downsize. They don't have room for you know big products that are going to take up floor space. This is the perfect thing for you. It's like the size of a phone charger, if that. So you need the Thunderstorm 3-pack. Order your Thunderstorm 3-pack now at EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE to get free shipping. That's really the the extra bonus here beyond the three pack is the free shipping because especially around the holidays shipping gets really expensive go to edenpuredeals.com use code grace to get that free shipping we will be right back i want to take your calls whether it's on newsom whether it's on george santos whatever you want to talk about it's friday and we're gonna have a lot of fun so don't go anywhere the grace curly show will be right back
This is the Grace Curley Show. Voting in the affirmative, the resolution is adopted, and a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. The clerk will notify the governor of the state of New York of the action of the House. Under Clause 5D of Rule 20, the chair announces to the House that in light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the House is now 434. George Santos, we hardly knew ye. You know, we didn't have enough time to really get to know all of the sides of George Santos. There's so many, so many identities. He was like the talented Mr. Ripley. Every story I read about him was more confusing and startling than the last. And uh, he is officially expelled from Congress. I, I know that most people, I think for conservatives, this is a case of he was probably worth more or he was causing more trouble than he was worth for some people. And then you have the diehards. Then you have like the, the sickos in this office, like Jared <laughs> and uh, Emma, who are holding candlelight vigils for this dude. I am a little bit in between. I agree that, you know, he's he's definitely not, he's definitely not someone that people should look up to. I, I wouldn't suggest the youth try to model themselves after George Santos. But I also think that Republicans fall into this trap where they they throw their own to the wolves um, because they want they want to have this like strange new respect or they want to they want to live up to this decorum or this, you know, the, these these standards of like, dignity. And the left just doesn't do that. The left just does not do that unless it works for them, unless it's strategically a good idea. So not happy about it, but uh, we're also not going to dwell on it too much because there's no point. What's done is done. Um, Jared, that has nothing to do with our poll question today besides the song that you were playing. Yesterday, speaking of the sickos in the green room, we were having a very passionate debate. Heated. Heated debate about, and it was very, I don't know how it started, but we were talking about Billy Joel and we started to fight with each other over who was better billy joel or elton john and for the most part the office was on the side of billy joel we we have three people here who would like billy joel more than elton john emma foley the philly girl is a huge elton john fan and she made a point to say that she thinks elton john is way better so i thought sometimes their most random polls do well and this one's already catching on like wildfire so the question is Who's better, Elton John or Billy Joel? And today's poll question is brought to you by Howie Carr's latest book, Paperboy. Read all about it. For one week only, while supplies last, get free shipping on Paperboy when you order at gracecurleyshow.com. Just click on store. This offer is only on gracecurleyshow.com and is not available on Amazon. Emma did also bring up to me yesterday, a lot of people are buying this on Amazon, and it's ridiculous because you can buy it for you can buy it and get it signed so you might as well get the signed copy if you can jared what's the poll question what are the results the results so far billy joel is in the lead 61 percent to 39 percent and i think that's about right i see as someone who really likes bill i shouldn't say really likes billy joel but i like billy joel i went through a billy joel stage when i was younger where i really loved his music i predicted this i I could have seen this one coming but we're opened to we're open to the other side. So if you're an Elton John fanatic and you want to call up, feel free. When we come back, we're talking Israel. 
Oh, and the poop map. Don't, don't, we'll talk Israel and Hamas, but before that, we'll talk about Gavin Newsom's poop map. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Uh-oh! If you tell people they can debate Elton John versus Billy Joel, they are going to take you up on it. I, I do have to tell you guys, though, and I'll go to the callers in a second. We have so much other news to get to, so I just I don't want it to kind of send us off the rails here. Um, I wanted to yeah, talk... Let's save that for last call. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe call back. For the people who want to talk about Elton John versus Billy Joel, wait for Emma's segment because she's going to do last call and then you guys can just have it out with her over this whole debate. Um, I wanted to talk here quickly before I move on to Israel. This this Israel story is driving me crazy for so many reasons. And right now, the reason it's driving me crazy is because Joe Biden's getting all this pushback from the White House. All of his little minions are upset. You know, they're all like, oh. He's not doing what we want. We demanded a ceasefire. We demanded, and he's not doing it. Tough luck. I was watching The Five the other day, and Dana Perino said, you know, if you don't like, and she worked in the Bush White House for a long time. She said, if you don't like what the president's doing, you can resign. You can either shut up and do your job, or you can resign. And Harold Ford Jr., who I don't always agree with, said, you serve at the pleasure of the president. End of story. All of this stuff about, like, oh, he's not doing what we want. You, well, last time I checked, not that I voted for Joe Biden, but the people who did didn't vote for his little, uh, his dumb, progressive minions in the White House. They voted for him. And I don't think he really is doing anything to begin with. I don't think he's the one calling the shots here. But there's something about these spoiled brats. And, and one other thing I would add into that. I don't remember any of these people who are so disturbed by Joe Biden's handling of Israel. When you see that, by the way, when you see Joe Biden's handling of Israel, they think he's being too nice to Israel. This administration is being, they're so close to caving. They're so close to caving. Blinken told uh, Bibi that he doesn't think Israel's earned credit. Let me actually read you just a little bit of that because this is a pretty wild story. So the first headline I have here says that Biden faces mutiny over Israel war. It says State Department insiders warn of remarkable and unprecedented internal turmoil over White House's support for Jerusalem. So, you know, these dissent cables, I was talking to Howie about it today, and they're kind of a tradition. This is what happens. It's nothing new. But I've been reading a lot about the people in the White House who are upset with him. And here's another story. It says Biden faces embarrassment over six. Well, we could just end it there. That's a standing headline. Biden faces embarrassment. That is an evergreen headline. You could put that on Every every single story in America right now. It These says, are facts. Check them out. Biden faces embarrassment over $6 billion hostage deal as Republicans and Democrats vote to permanently freeze the funds. Which I, I can't even follow this story because it's so insane to me that we haven't already done that. I thought we did. I know that he like paused them, but I guess he was just hoping people would forget so then he could give Iran the $6 billion. But now he's facing, this is from the Daily Mail, lawmakers, including members of Biden's own party, voted on Thursday to approve a bill that would permanently freeze the funds which were unfrozen by the White House in September as part of a controversial deal. The legislation would prevent the Islamic Republic of Iran from accessing the funds via sanctions and now heads to the Senate. 
It comes as Republicans have heaped pressure on the White House to U-turn on unfreezing the $6 billion in the wake of Hamas's October 7th attacks. It says the deal has been months in the works and was long expected, but Republicans reacted with fury. It goes on to say House Foreign Affairs Committee ranking member Representative Michael McCall, who introduced Thursday's bill, said after his bill was approved in the House, if they won't do it, then we will. Congress will stop this money from going to Iran, not just for politics, not even for the American people, but for the victims of terrorism around the world, especially the people of Israel. Now, in response, the ranking Democrat on the committee, Congressman Gregory Meeks, an opponent of the bill, argued that not one penny of the unfrozen funds had yet been spent by Iran. Congrats. Again, and and who's, okay, so I'm so perplexed as to why they have so much faith in Iran. We told Iran at one point, Joe Biden told them, you got to use this for humanitarian aid. And before the Hamas October 7th attacks, before that even happened, the leader of Iran said, we'll use it for whatever we want. They have made... They have made no attempt to hide the fact that this is not going to be used on humanitarian aid. They're going to use it for whatever they want to use it for. And if history is any guide, you know what they tend to like to use it for, Jared? Terrorism. Funding terrorism. I can't find my story. Um, I'll, I'll get to it in one sec here about Antony Blinken. But uh, again, it's like they're, they're putting all, they want to put all these strings on the aid to Israel. And Blinken saying to them, I don't know if you've earned enough credit to to keep defending yourself. And it's really hard not to juxtapose this with what we saw in Ukraine. Do you remember the response? I know it feels like a million years ago. There's been so many issues and problems and wars since then. But do you remember the response from these same people, from people like Blinken and Biden and all these tough guys? Anything you want. Anything you want, Zelensky. Our our wallets are open. Our checks are as blank as can be. Anything you want, we will provide you. And we will provide it, Jared. We will provide it until the end of time. There is nothing on the horizon. There is no... And I remember thinking at the time, what kind of strategy is that? We're spending billions of dollars and you don't even want to pretend that we need some sort of end game here. You don't want to even incentivize an end to this war. Forget forget the fact that we're spending all this money. How about the, the bloodshed? How about maybe putting a little pressure on Zelensky and Putin to figure out a way to stop the bloodshed? But when Trump said that to Caitlin Collins, he was like the worst person in the world. You're not allowed to say that. But think of those two responses. Now they're putting all these strings on the aid to Israel and Blinken saying, I don't know if you guys have earned that yet. They, they, they haven't earned the right to defend themselves against Hamas. And of course, I mean, Bibi Netanyahu, he's not going to listen to Antony Blinken. I don't think if you, if you had Justin Bieber in a meeting with Antony Blinken, he'd be taking advice from him. But let alone people in Israel right now. And what they've seen, the horrors they've seen. And they know, they know that the media is stacked against them. They know what's happening in America. They see these protests. They see these morons in Times Square. They see these morons at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, at the tree lighting. They get it. You, you do reach a certain point. You know how Elon Musk said yesterday? Something along the lines of like people... Caring a lot about being liked is dangerous. Like you shouldn't care about being liked. 
I have to imagine that Israelis are feeling that exact same way right now. It's like, okay, so the BBC is going to be mad at us. Joe Biden and his uh, his staffers, the staffers who aren't uh, currently stealing women's luggage from airports or, uh, you know, there's there's so many scandals happening in Biden's own administration. But if I'm in Israel, I'm going, oh, you guys don't like us. Oh, you guys think we're being too harsh. You guys want to cease fire now? Cynthia Nixon from Sex in the City? Cynthia Nixon from Sex in the City is on a hunger strike and she thinks we're being mean? And she thinks we need to put down our weapons? I don't think the people who just watched their children set on fire or their mothers or fathers being beheaded or their daughters being raped, I don't think that Cynthia Nixon's opinion of them is really factoring in at this moment. That's just my hunch. That's just my hunch. And how about this? This is from the BBC. Yesterday, we went through all of the different scenarios in which Hamas violated this ceasefire. You know, the ceasefire that all these celebrities keep telling you about. Ceasefire now. Or how about that woman who accosted uh, Marco Rubio? Why don't you want a ceasefire? That's their magic word. All, all of these, a lot of them I think are paid, these paid protesters. They always have like a magic word that you can tell they just figured out. And they love it. They cling to it. And so she's like, you don't want a ceasefire? Well, the ceasefire was broken several times by Hamas. But you're not seeing that anywhere. So this is how the BBC reports it. Instead of, instead of saying Hamas breaks rules of ceasefire, they say Israel resumes strikes in Gaza after ceasefire ends. A little bit of pertinent information would be what ended said ceasefire, BBC. It wasn't Israel. Spoiler alert, just like it was in Israel on October 7th that ended the ceasefire. And you know what I'm, I'm really sick of, too, is when you see these protesters and you see like the Cynthia Nixons of the world. I know I keep harping on her, but her celebrity Jeopardy moment made me laugh. And anytime I read about a hunger strike, that's going to stick with me for a couple days, especially someone who's only doing two out of five days. I admire that. Um, but when I see all these people who are now just being like, it's, you know, it's about everyone. They keep putting out these statements. It's about everyone. It's it's not that we're being anti-Semitic. We just, we don't want to see anyone hurt. It's strange because you keep trying to convince me that this is about the fact that these innocent Palestinians are being harmed. And like I've said multiple times, I don't like to see innocent civilians ever being harmed. But it's strange to me that all these people that are pro-Palestine, that are chanting from the river to the sea, that are chanting all these things, I never heard from you before October 7th. What was it about October 7th? What was it about the slaughtering of 1,400 Jews that reignited this passion that you supposedly had for so long? Like, I, I can't imagine that you all just decided after seeing a Gigi Hadid Instagram, that you really care about this. I have to imagine, Jared, since it's such a complex issue, that these people are scholars, that these morons who are chanting or who have signs up that say joy is canceled in front of a Christmas tree lighting, I have to imagine that they've been thinking about this deeply for years. But it's just weird to me that you guys have been so invested in what's happening in the Middle East. And yet the only time that you felt the need to gather and raise your voices was immediately after 1,400 Jews were slaughtered. 
just kind of a weird timing thing I've, I've noticed. And I would love for someone to explain it to me. 844-500-4242. Speaking of, do you want the perfect example? Do you want the best example I can come up with? This is a pro-Palestinian protester. And she was on the street. She had a giant Palestinian flag. And she's asked about it. She's asked about what she stands for. It's a tough question. You know, if you're out there with a flag and someone asks you, well, what's your cause? I'm not sure if anyone would have an answer. This is Cut 13. Funny, you don't, you don't look Palestinian. From the nation to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the nation to the sea? No, from the uh, mountains to the sea. From the mountains to the sea? That's what, that's what we want. From the mountains to the sea? Yeah. Which mountains? You don't know, eh? <laughs> you f***ing idiot. So this actually sparked a debate with Howie and myself. I called him today and he said to me, you see that, that video of the protester with the flag outside? And I said, yeah, yeah, she's a moron. And um, I said, a lot of people on the replies think she's paid. Like she's a paid protester. She's holding the flag. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know that it's from the river to the sea, from the nation to the sea, from the mountains to the sea. She can't even, she had multiple times to get it right, couldn't get it right. And Howie said, oh, I don't think she's paid. I think she's just an idiot. And I, I said back to Howie, I said, you know, if we didn't have this, hot poll question about Billy Joel and Elton John, that would be a b- good poll question. Are most of these protesters, or let's just use this one woman as an example, would you guess that she's a paid protester or that she's just that stupid? I don't know. It's a tough call. 844-500-4242. You know, they were also, Jared, uh, protesting the former First Lady Rosalind Carter's Rosalind. Rosalind. Sorry, I keep. I always do that. Her, um, her funeral. The pro-Palestinian people were also protesting that. Okay, let's let's connect this thread for me. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know what what uh, the former I, first lady stance was on Israel Palestine. I mean, listen. J- I think Jimmy- it's just because they're just a really classy bunch, Jared. That's why I think it is. You know, I I did watch a little bit of the services and from what everybody said, which is not really a huge shock to people. Anyone who knew uh, who knows a lot about the Carters, not that I do, obviously, but they they tend to have a reputation as being very kind, classy people. Um, so it makes sense that the least classy people on the face of the planet would want to show up at her funeral services and disrupt it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could understand Jimmy. I mean, he pretty much is the guy that put the final nail in destabilizing the Middle East and allowing an Islamic revolution when he kicked the shot of the curb. But whatever. But his what wife? Did, what did Rosalind do? But his, and how old is she? She's got a- She was 96. 96. Yeah. I'm telling you, they sit around, Jared. These protesters sit around. They've got a think tank. I don't think it's as fancy as the Biden think tank in D.C., but they must have some sort of think tank where they have a whiteboard going and they say, what's the next thing that we can disrupt? We've got funerals now on the docket. We've got, uh, we've got parades. We've got Christmas tree lightings. What's next? They're really, they're like the Grinch. They're all, they're, maybe their shoes were too tight. I don't know. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he's the best at what he does. He fixes your teeth and your smile. But what he really does is he builds the self-confidence of his patients. When you have a smile that you're proud of, it builds confidence in your professional life and in your personal life. And a lot of people put off fixing their smile 
you really shouldn't because it's a huge part of your everyday life. You're using it every day. You know, people worry about their hair. People worry about their clothes. People worry about all of these things. But something you're going to get a lot of use out of is your smile. And you want it to be the one you want. You want to be proud of it. And you want to go to the best people in the business. And I'm telling you right now, that is Dr. Houghton and his team at Perfect Smiles. They are the kindest, most gentle Uh, most understanding people you're ever going to come across. And I can say that you can trust me on that one because they will take this at your own pace. For a lot of people, it's nerve wracking. You know, it's a big, big step and they're going to be with you every step of the way. They're going to go at your own pace and they're going to figure out exactly what you want. They're conveniently located off of Route 3. They have plenty of parking and you can reach them at perfectsmiles.com. That's perfectsmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. That's perfectsmiles.com. We will be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Let's go to James, because this is this is the debate of the day. Is it Elton or is it Billy Joel? James, make your case, good sir. James, hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I just uh, I wanted to make the case that, you know, Elton John, I'm, first of all, I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and I like them both. They're both really talented, but if you have to put them up against each other, Elton John had a much more, uh, he had much more range vocally. He had that beautiful, you know, high, full voice falsetto like on Benny and the Jets. He could sing low. Um, he based, and his songwriting was incredible. You could just take Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the masterpiece, and Billy Joel and all of his catalog can't just touch that one album, in my opinion. Although super talented pop rock, catchy song, writer that Billy Joel is. Elton John, uh, you know, just had much more depth depth to him. Thank you, James. Thank you for making that case. I'll tell you that as someone who's not very familiar with all of Elton John's work, I am now going to do a little research on that. I think the polls are still heavily favoring Billy Joel. Not as heavy as before. Oh, really? It's kind of balancing out. Yep. Okay, so... Elton is catching up a little bit. Billy's still in the lead, though. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for the call. I'm saving my retort to him for later for the second. Yeah, Jared has been you really you didn't even really tell yesterday how big of a Billy Joel fan you were. I did not. And you know what? Shout out to Raycon, by the way. Uh last night I had to stay in the room with the boy, uh well my wife had to go tutor. Um and he was sleeping, so I couldn't, you know, really do anything. But I put the Raycons in and I decided to roll through the uh the Billy Joel catalog. I'm to get on, yourself prepped for today. Get myself prepped and I forgot and I've listened to more Billy Joel than Elton John. I forgot how many great songs he had. Not even just hits, just great songs that he's written. You know what, though, that last caller brings up? is like, what are we judging this off of? Are we judging this off of albums? Are we judging this right, off of songwriting, vocally, vocal talent? That's very different. Like Taylor Swift, for example, she's not the best vocalist, I would say, but she's an incredible lyricist. So it's like, what are we ju- Or is this just overall? I don't know. It's up to the voters. One more thing I want to say, though. A lot of the turtle riders are getting excited for the two o'clock segment. If you have questions for Aiden Carney, a.k.a. Turtle Boy, 
You can text them into 617-213-1066. He's going to be on with us at 2 to talk about the Karen Reed case and now the Turtle Boy case. Don't go anywhere.